Chapter Four of Mothering on Perilous by Lucy Furman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, War, Not Peace. Monday noon. Yesterday morning, I accompanied my boys to Sunday school in the village. They showed a good deal of restlessness before the service was over. Not surprising, considering that only two had ever heard of a Sunday school before. After dinner, I undertook to cheer and entertain them by reading Robinson Crusoe, out in our yard, beginning in the thick of the story, where the hero is in sight of the island. What was my chagrin to see one pair after another of bright, roving eyes, dull and close, one head after another roll over in the grass, Nucky Mars holding out longest and murmuring wearily as his head settled back against a tree. Didn't he never get into no fights or kill nobody? Discouraged, I sat for a long while gazing upon the twelve sleepers, and wondering what, if anything, would be the proper literary milk for my babes. When the boys at last awoke from their naps, I gave them permission to play mumble-peg very, very quietly. The heads had told me to keep them quiet on Sundays, and they made a desperate effort to do so. But probably behavior so far had been impossibly good, and this was the last straw. At any rate, when we were gathered in the sitting-room after supper for ten minutes of Sunday-school lesson, the storm broke. Nucky kicked Killis on the shin. Killis called him a smotch-eyed polecat. The two grappled. Philip flew to Nucky's assistance. Joab to Killis's. Keats, Hen, and Moses rushed in on the Mars side. Tobby, Zachariah, and Irie on the Blair. Little Jason flew joyously into the fray, impartially attacking both sides, and Geordie prudently retired under the table. It all happened in a flash. Before I could catch my breath, the table was overturned. Chairs were flying. Bedlam had broken loose. In vain I commanded, implored, threatened. I might as well have spoken to the raging sea. Dreadful moments followed, during which I could only dodge chairs and wring my hands wildly. Worse was to come, however, when I saw Killis grab the shovel, Nucky the poker, and Keats the tongs, while Philip rested off a table-leg, and Talby and the others either smashed chairs to pieces for weapons or seized remaining table-legs. Then, indeed, I felt that death was imminent for all concerned, and running to the door shrieked for Howard and the big boys over at the workshop. Returning, I plucked the broom from Irie and rushed with it, straw-end foremost, into the thick of the fight. I was lambed on the head by a shovel, on the shoulder by a table-leg, on the elbow by something. It is not safe to say what might have been the outcome had not Howard opportunely arrived, snatched the broom from me, and with the handle in, beaten and whacked the boys mercilessly until they finally surrendered their weapons and retired, bloody but happy from the battle. I lay long awake last night, not from fleas, but nursing bruises and reconstructing theories. I see now that love and gentleness need to be backed up by good muscle, and that to be a success in my undertaking here, I require, not the small body I actually possess, but the physique of an Amazon. Of course, it is all a mistake, and I must give it up, even sooner than I had anticipated. But I am sorry, the boys are most attractive, and time spent with them passes with lightning swiftness. 
incredible as it seems for seven whole days i have not had a chance to think of myself my grief my loneliness undoubtedly this is the lethe i need but if its waves buffet me to bits what then later inspiration came when i visited the loom house this morning and saw cleo royce the head-weaving girl at her work she is so large and handsome and strong a young juno with glorious muscle the heads are to let her come to the cottage and occupy a cot in my room i am determined to stay out my month wednesday for two days i have taken away their scanty playtime from the boys in punishment of their fighting sunday night yesterday i talked to them very solemnly on the subject why it's just an accident you didn't kill one another or me i said and then how should you have felt i'd hate right smart to kill a woman replied nucky mars but gee i wouldn't mind laying out a few boys i got to begin somewheres a man hain't nobody till he's killed off a few to-night when i announced that regular twice-a-week baths must begin at once and that four of the boys must get ready to wash themselves a shout of delight went up whoopee we get to go in the creek get to go in perilous and every boy demanded to be one of the lucky four when i explained that i did not mean go in the creek but that they must heat water in the kettles in the yard and carry it to the tubs in the wash-house and bathe there howls of indignation succeeded we hain't no women i'll go home first dad burn if i'll do it creeks is for men and philip remarked scathingly nobody but quare women would wash in a house when there's a creek handy it was only by cleo's splendid strength that four were finally corralled in the wash-house friday this has been an anxious week the ice once broken by the fight sunday night every boy has felt free to be himself again nucky has fought every boy of his size and larger at the cottage and i hear most of the hundred day school boys killis though not so aggressive is quite as warlike and the others with the sole exception of geordie are not much behind it is almost impossible for me to get garden work done so much of my time must be spent breaking up fights even at mills fortunately the boys and i have a table to ourselves in the dining-room at the big house behavior is far from being what it should tuesday at breakfast when geordie undertook to instruct the new boys in table manners and inform killis it was not proper to eat with his knife he was silenced by a jab of the knife in his direction and a threat to cut out his liver at dinner wednesday when philip snatched a corn dodger from keats's plate he received a spoonful of sop gravy full in the face yesterday when talby made disparaging remarks about trigger branch nucky plunged the prongs of a steel fork so deeply into his scalp that he had to receive attention from the trained nurse it is difficult to eat with one's mind so distracted but distraction is far better than desolation End of chapter 4